Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Luke Owen and I am joined by El Fakador Laurie Blake. Hello! How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I am excellent. Just before we started recording, we were talking about our D&D mm-hmm. lark. Um, so we're coming to the end of your campaign. We are. We're now. about to face. We're about to face the almighty Baba Yaga. <gasps> Um, so it's all very exciting, but it does mean that when we start our next campaign, you're going to be bringing back your character. Arter. Arter. The big return. Which I'm very excited for in his, <laughs> in his grumpy ways. Yes, he is a misanthrope. But so, so you're currently writing like where he has been during yes. our time in the Feywilds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've only got one question, I suppose. So... If you if you're new to the Wrestle Ramble, uh, we kind of sort of like give some details of the D and D story that you have created for us, and in which our characters, after defeating the, the boss of our previous campaign, got transported to the Fey Wild, essentially mm-hmm. fell across realms. Did Arthur fall into a different realm, or is he still on Earth? Is he still in Haven? So, well, this is what you'll find out. Uh, some something of both. Ooh. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything because I already know the rev- I know all the reveal of like what's going to happen when we when you go back. Oh really? Uh, because I've spoken to George oh, about you have it. To, yeah. Because uh, we have to transfer it back over. Um, but yeah, I don't want to spoil it for that reason. But I've been writing. So I was uh, the other DM George, who's going to be doing the game when we move back, has been saying to me like, "Oh, feel free to come up with whatever you want for like what Art has been doing while you've spent you know probably like a month now or something in the Feywild something mm-hmm. like that." So like, I've got to come up with this story for what he's been doing in his time off <laughs> um, <laughs> his time yeah off. basically in his time off from being in the party uh and i thought i was just like writing like a little bit of backstory and i just sort of started typing something out and i was like mm, just something he's maybe done this maybe done that and when they come back they'll meet him and then something will happen and i just went into so much depth that i've written like six paragraphs about like one pointless meeting that he had nice like and i was just like oh i've gone far too far into this now like, too far down the rabbit hole yeah and then he just like oh but and then another th- and another th- and another th- this is how i always end up writing these things it's just like, more things i've got more to pack it all in so we were uh, during our camp uh, during our session last night mm. we uh, our party ended up in a library and instantly i thought to myself 
Laurie has written down some book titles. Yes. So the first thing I did when I got into that library, I said, I turned to my left and I grabbed this fifth book on the second shelf. Oh, you, oh wait, hang on. I'll get it out now. I'll get it out now because you missed the erotica section. Oh. <laughs> there was, I, I, and do you know what? Because I'll never read it in the, uh, in the game. I'll read it to you now. Um, <laughs> some of the books. Because uh, I had written the name. So I'd ri- there was actually like the library was this big... Uh, there was a centerpiece table in a circular area and there were like six spokes of shelves that came off it and the librarian uh, was a, a mage called Oprix and he could twist the middle of the, the table basically that was like a sort of hexagonal dial and every time he twisted the dial the shelves would spin and rotate and a new part of the library would form made me feel very queasy uh, yeah um, and basically the, they started off in the reference section which was more sort of like uh, information about uh, people and places and different races and all that kind of stuff. I found a, a book on sort of magical pranks. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember if I took that with me. No, so you had to give it back because you back ended up annoying the like. You all ended up annoying the librarian. That was not my fault. Um, there was a, there was like a religion and deity section which included uh, a book about the lesser deities of the Feywild, uh, which would have had information on some of the characters you've met. Uh, the King James Bible, which is very rare and full of just utter madness. Uh, a weird book that had sort of been mixed up the, on foot worship. <laughs> um, and then uh, a book called Under the Covens with Baba Yaga, a tell-all autobiography. <laughs> and then uh, in, the, in the erotica section, uh, there, was, there was a book you could have found that had some nice watercolours on the front of two fur bulgs called Furbidden Love uh, a book called The Erogenous Realm um, The Oath of the Heart that featured a human male paladin staring longingly into the eyes of a half-elf woman on the front cover whereas some of the books in the erotica section were a bit more straightforward like cock goblins <laughs> well more D&D stories when we have our next we haven't booked in a session for next week have we no, no, we should we do should, that. We should, sort of we should do that because we are right at the end game now. Yes. Uh, but we have this email here from Dave Filoni, who calls himself Dr. Dave. Hi, Luke. Was just listening to the NXT review, and I noticed you mentioned the lame nickname given to Mia Yim, the head baddie in charge. I believe this is a play on an acronym popular in the early 2000s rap scene, H-N-I-C, which stands for Head N-Word in Charge. Oh. I guess it works well if you're a gangster rapper of a certain descent, but Mia Yim's spin on it is, it is lame indeed, regards Dr. Dave. Now, this is funny because I've had quite a few people try to tell me in the comments that it's actually a play on head, uh, H-B-I-C, Head Bitch in Charge. Mm. And... But they don't want to use head bitch in charge because they don't want to be saying that too much. So they've changed it to head baddie in charge. Or if Dr. Dave is right and it is this play on HNIC and you can't say those words either. So you can say head baddie in charge. My feedback would be it's still lame. Stop doing it. Yeah, like if absolutely. you can't do it, then don't do it. Yeah, it makes more sense than trying to do like a really toned down kids version of it. Like, yeah. yeah, head baddie. Like I like Mia Yim and all. I think she's grand. Yeah. I think she's. I think she's a really, really great wrestler. It's the lamest nickname. It's, it makes her look so uncool. Mm, yeah, it really. Yeah, it really does undersell her as like a. But also because like she wasn't presented as a heel either, so it's not. You know, it doesn't. I don't know. It just feels. It feels weird to be like I'm a baddie. It's like, 
But I'm also the good guy. But I'm also <laughs> popular and good and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we've got this email here from Vrank Zero. Hi, guys. I'll attempt to keep this short so it can be read out. But if you uh, feel free to shorten it if you need to. I'll be honest, Frank, you've not kept it short. So last month I was flying to see my family and had a three-hour layover in Orlando. While I was walking to my connection gate, I found myself walking alongside Johnny Gargano. Whoa. I asked for a photo after uh, reining in my exuberance, and he took one with me as seen below. A minute later, I was next to Lars Sullivan, I think, and got one with him too. Amazing. I like that you think you got a photo with yeah. Lars Sullivan, but you're not sure. You know. Either it. way, mate, what's up with these photos? What camera are you using? Because that one's oh, fine, fine, but this one here, like... Is that not loaded on your computer? No, no, that's... You can see the thumbnails also are, like, they're really misty. Ugh. I think there's something up with your phone. Tried to mate. use the Vaseline to get the sort of nice dreamy <laughs> the, 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 the quality. The Mandy Rose went, entrance. Went too far. Uh, at this point, I stopped to see the photos, and as you can see, they came out horribly. I was, ah. I was trying to figure out what I did, and a girl in an NXT came up and sat beside me and offered to help. We figured out that my new phone case has a plastic lens cover that ruined the shot, so we removed it. She was supremely helpful, and she took a photo with me as well. I haven't a clue who she is, so ho hopefully you can tell me. I was too embarrassed to ask. She is an awesome person, though, and I really want to find a way to show my appreciation and email her or buy her a shirt or buy her shirt or something. Story isn't over. Though I went to my gate and one over from mine had dozens of NXT stars sitting there. I immediately hyperventilated and went to get water and sit about how to react. Asking, uh, asking for a group shot would have been rude, asking each one would have been wrong, and then I had this thought. Anyone I didn't ask for a photo might be seen as slighting them. They do have feelings, and I really didn't want to hurt anyone, and then again, I'm sure they get asked for photos all the time, and are probably oblivious to this stuff. I sent this question to Jim Cornette, and I'm waiting a reply on how to act in such a situation. Well, I decided to just plan to ask two more, my favourites, and thank any star I encountered. Armed with this plan of attack, I built up the courage and walked back. Found myself walking next to Tommaso Ciampa. I asked him, and he said no. <laughs> <laughs> He's the perfect heel. <laughs> Not rudely, but I took it as he's in character as a heel. He didn't make eye contact, so maybe he just didn't want to do it. Fine, that did not help my confidence. <laughs> when I guess, this is great. When I got to their gate, I surveyed who was there. My eyes rested on Terry Taylor. And he was boring holes into me. I don't know why. These wrestlers are not children, so I don't think I, it was him scaring me off from talent. But maybe it was. I did want to ask him, actually, but decided I'd ask Adam Cole first. I walked up to him sitting in his chair and waited before him silent but waited waited before him silently and patiently and waited and waited five minutes of silence ensued and he never looked up from his phone i kept my eyes looking around and the roster never stopped glaring at me i wound up not saying anything he never looked up and i walked away towards taylor his far his brow furrowed and he looked meaner and instead altered my flight plan and went to my own gate I could list who, I, who else I saw, but it will depress me further. But basically, anyone who appeared on the NXT show in either Memphis or Nashville on October 11th, 12th, 13th, one of those days, I'm not sure when their show will be, but this airport meeting was one on the 11th. Thanks for reading this. Uh, as I said, take however, take the loads you want from this email. Here are the photos below. So that is the photo he took of, he, that actually came out okay. You look a lot like Matthew from Botchamania, it must be said. <laughs> um, and I don't know who that is. No. Maybe she's ring crew. Oh, I don't know. And this is the NXT review, so maybe she hasn't debuted on TV as of yet. But, oh, man. 
like I can imagine you really want to do this mm. like and you've built up this plan in your head and you've asked two people in particular and each one of them goes badly and then you realize that everyone is staring at you yes <sighs> mate I feel for you Frank I really feel for you but thank you so much table. yeah thank you so much for your email uh, and we're going to dive into the review now not a lot to talk about this week's NXT but we are going to be talking about Keith Lee because he's awesome here's the show so, NXT was last night. It was the post-war game show, and of course that means nothing happened. It was lots of recap videos because they taped TV prior to war games airing. And that is likely going to be the case for the next couple of weeks, uh, at the very least, because they also taped in San Jose, California, just days prior to mm. war games, which means they can't feature people like the Undisputed Era or Ricochet or those kind of people because they're involved in high-profile matches yeah. and we don't know what stories we're going to be telling coming out of war games. Kona yet. Reeves, time to shine. Oh, this is it. This is Get our, in there, Kona. It, You're the finest. It's our, it's Kona's time. <laughs> yeah. But more excitingly, it should be Keith Lee's time, Matt Riddle's time, Donovan Dijak's time, or whatever the hell he's going by these days. So we thought we would talk about, because what, ha- what next for blank is likely going to be the title of the video for the next couple Mm. of weeks while we think of topics to do so what's next for keith lee he was in action tonight against phil uh, fidel bravo fidel bravo who looked like ron jeremy (laughs) but with dip dyed hair (laughs) (laughs) a less well hung ron jeremy wandering to the ring well we don't know allegedly he got he got music though didn't he He, i I was expecting him to already be in the ring yeah no i I was like oh it's weird that he gets an entrance I mean, my note for him is, well, this is quite the look for Fidel Bravo. It's a Mm. brave old look for Fidel. Ron Jeremy is such a good shout. Mm. And he had (laughs) some comfy looking pants on as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was looking comfy. But um, there was quite the size difference. Um, (laughs) As you'd expect, Bravo was unhappy with the crowd singing. And then Lee essentially did one move and one. He did did the overhand chops. He did the big chops. He cut him off. Uh, with a crossbody yeah. style thing, which was more just a sort of this is my body, and yeah. now it's in the way because it wasn't like he jumped at him. It like crossbody is normally like you use the force of you running to mm-hmm. take someone down. Lee just jumped in the air, and Bravo collided and was like, "And now I'm dead." Yeah, Bravo got in the way. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then yeah, Keith hit his finisher. Yes, and the squash match was squashy. And the squash match was squashed. It, if it was a, if I had to describe, it was a Robinson's. Summer fruits squash match. Oh, 100%. Oh, pure, just... pure summer fruits in there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I did like uh, Mara Ranella's commentary where he said that Keith Lee is an anime fan. In fact, he's a big fan of One Piece. And Fidel is lucky to be leaving in One Piece. Nice call. Ranello is money. I've missed you on NXT commentary, <laughs> Mauro. I'm sure that Vic you Grimes or whatever his name yeah. was, uh, he, he did a grand old job. But I did miss Mauro. So the question really is, what is next, aside from the match with Lars Sullivan next week, <laughs> is next for Keith Lee, our boy, basking his glory, Keith Lee, limitless Keith Lee. Because he is kind of in that crop of guys that are in NXT at the moment that have come in with a lot of brouhaha. Guys mm. like Lee and Matt Riddle, Guys like Donovan Dijak, guys like Marcel Bartel, you know, all these like this group of guys. Kona Reeves is another one, actually. Guys, they've been sort of pushing on TV, but because they're not part of like these <clears throat> main event storylines mm. involving the NXT Championship, which is very much filled with Champa and Gargano and Alistair Black, and now maybe possibly Velveteen Dream sticking around there. I'd imagine they were looking at it as this three piece, but it could become a square because Dream did so well on Saturday. Mm. 
But he's also they're also not part of the North American championship scene either because that's all being built around Adam Cole, Pete Dunne and Ricochet, which in turn also means that Pete Dunne's United Kingdom Championship is tied in with those three guys yeah, It's a bit of an well. odd booking sort of kind of scenario at the moment. And with those championships, that kind of takes up the majority of any of your takeover cards. Absolutely, yeah. Like, uh, you know, including your tag team championship and your women's championship. The takeovers have a maximum five matches. Mm. That means there's only one other match left for any of these guys to get takeover shots. Matt Riddle's come out and knee someone in the face. And then we get that whole match again on this show as well. <laughs> but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> so what really can be done with this crop of guys? Well, that's it's really weird, isn't it? Because it's just it feels like since Keith Lee has turned up, he's just been in a holding pattern of coming out, doing about five moves, looking great doing it. But not really being tested or like having a, pr- a match against anyone of the same caliber as him, even, and it, it just feels a bit like why? Like you, you know, even if you've got nothing for them to do, you could still just chuck him in the ring with Dijak or anyone else, and they'll put on an amazing match. And then later on, we can build to something. It doesn't. It doesn't have to just be squash week matches. after week of squash matches, which worked for Lars Sullivan when you first introduced Lars. But that's. He's gigantic. He's still getting squash matches now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it, it just feels odd to keep putting them in the situation where they come out and they just get five minutes of TV time and we just try and keep them on the sort of low boil yeah. rather than like ever... I'm not saying you have to, we have to push them and get them straight into the title picture, but they can still just have good matches that fill the card a bit. You know, it doesn't, doesn't have to go anywhere. And I think like um, the Nikki Cross Candice LeRae was kind of a, a, an example of that, like a pretty good match that had time and stuff dedicated to it but didn't feel like it was going to really go anywhere for either person because I can't imagine either of them being the next in line for a shot at the women's championship or whatever you want like Keith Lee could be in that role of just having being really popular and over but it doesn't have to go anywhere yeah totally like you know NXT I mean when they say you know NXT knows that their post-war game show is going to be you know, it's it's a filler show mm. because we can't further storylines because we're taping all these matches prior to the show even taking place. We can't have top guys, quote unquote, coming out and cutting promos mm. or anything like that. That'll give results away for the main card. So why not do, as you say, like do Keith Lee, Donovan, Dijak, a match that has been getting like rave reviews from the house show circuit they mm. do because it's Keith Lee, Donovan, Dijak, and the match they had at PWG uh, in the Bowler Tournament last year was just, it's one of the best matches I've ever seen all time, all my life. Mm. Why not have that on this show? Like, as your opener here, rather than having Keith Lee versus mm. Ron Jeremy, have Keith Lee versus Donovan Dijak. Blow the roof off the place. Get the crowd really mm. amped up. Then you can have the Lars squash match yeah. afterwards and have that sort of like your filling between your two chunky bits of bread. I'd, yeah, and that's why I don't, I don't necessarily understand this mindset with TakeOver stuff because, like, the access for NXT requires you to have the WWE network, right? Yes. So if I have if I watch NXT on a weekly basis, I'm watching it on the WWE network. But through having that, I also have access to TakeOver. So why do we have to have a full one hour long recap show yeah. with like two or three matches in? Because I can just watch those matches. Like you can do a thirty second promo package that covers this, but they're doing full five minute pieces on yeah. uh, Dream versus Champer or whatever it was and we're not getting we're getting Keith Lee coming out and squashing Ron Jeremy it's like why, why are we doing that oh well, it's because and it, it is I mean this show you could watch in 15 minutes mm. like tops 15 minutes because the Candice Nikki match went about eight minutes yep. maybe Keith Lee you got another two minutes there <clears throat> and then 
the the last Sullivan squash match was shorter than the Keith Lee match, mm. which was three moves. So yes. like you really could watch everything on this show in like less than a quarter of an mm. hour, and yet it was fifty eight minutes long, mm. and. So it wasn't a particularly fun show to watch. No. So it, it really sort of boggles my mind because it's not like this is the first time they've taped before a takeover show. Yeah. They're used to this now, but yet they've stuck. They've really stuck to their guns that this is the model they like to do, and it's not. It's not the worst thing. No, there, there like was, it, could, uh, be, there it was great, could be worse. There was a great War Raiders match off uh, off the back of the last takeover when they weren't in any of the matches on yeah. the actual main pay per view. There's there's been good matches filmed before takeover, and I think probably the problem here was the fact that. War Games itself was going to be such a long match yeah. that they were like, oh, we probably don't have very much time to really have a pre-show that the crowd in the, in the arena watch and then tape all this stuff. Mm. So it just had to be like, like you know, let's just do a few squash matches. Even Matt Riddle has to come out and just knee Cassius <laughs> Ono because it's like, you get like, on the car, but it's just, just knee him in the face. Just, we've run out of time, knee him in the face. Well, it was really but, interesting on that one. So I don't know if you, you heard this, but Triple H <clears> did like, <throat> his conference call mm. afterwards and spoke to the media. And they said, like, you know, you advertised Matt Riddle versus uh, Cassius Owner for next Wednesday. And Triple H essentially was like, yeah, I, I lied. We were always going to do it on TakeOver, yeah. but we didn't want to promote a six-second match because people would have been excited to see a Matt Riddle yes, Cassius yeah. match and then only got six seconds. So we thought... Well, let's just do it this way yeah, yeah. and surprise people. And actually, I thought that's a really smart move. Of course, it was. It's a yeah, really it, great it move. Yeah, no, one, no one would have been happy just seeing him just do that knee. But when you didn't know you were going to get it, you're like, oh, that's brilliant. That was you know, aces, yeah, exactly. absolutely aces. So I think for me, with with guys like Lee and and Riddle, and and actually, and there's a plethora of these guys. The same with the tag team division. Like, <clears throat> they're not. If you're not going for the titles, you're not in feuds. Yeah. And with NXT, I know they've only got an hour to fill. But your feuds, your main storylines and your championship feuds don't always take up all of your TV time. So you could give some of these guys, not blood feuds, but feuds at the very mm. least that could build to, and it doesn't have to build to a takeover. It could just build to a big match on an NXT mm. show. So you say you were doing, we're going to keep using these as an example, Lee and Dijak. Okay, say you're going to build to a Lee versus Dijak match. So you just tell the story over six weeks of NXT TV building up this feud and then have a big blow-off mm -hmm. match in the main event of an NXT. Make that episode of NXT feel like a must-watch episode. Yeah, do a half hour, like the final half hour is this match. Yeah, totally. But that's the thing is, like, the weird thing about NXT as well is that a lot of the show, like, you know, normally the main event segment of the show is one of the feuds that is going on building up to a takeover with the main sort of top guys or whatever. But it's normally just one of them. Yeah. And you get, like, maybe a couple of smatterings of promos, but it's normally one a week you get, like, here's the women's one, here's the North American Championship one, here's the, here's the main event one, like, all that kind of stuff. But then the rest of the show is filled with these guys. Yeah. You know, it is filled with your Keith Lees and your Kona Reeves and uh, Street Profits versus The Mighty and all that kind of stuff. Why is that not being made more of? Like, it's a proper thing. Like, yeah. Because, yeah, Street Profits versus The Mighty, as much as we joked about it being over a cup and a chain and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. At least it was a story. At least like, it was a story. Yeah. And it, and it, you know. and it was fun. I enjoyed yeah, the exactly. match. And I'll I'm, I'm never, like, I'll never be down on NXT for just going, like, you know, sometimes it's just wrestling and people come out and just wrestle. And that's fine. I like just watching wrestling. <laughs> but it would be nice to see people like Keith Lee not just held in this holding pattern. Because I think when the match also is just a hold. Mm -hmm. There's no story with Keith Lee at the moment, and the matches are just literally, here is placeholder, Keith Lee is here. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. Like, you know, and that's a brilliant news. 
But, but. It's kind of boring when you know what he's capable of and when you know when the people he could be in there with because the roster is so packed full of talent at the moment. Yeah. And I think from, I mean, I've not spoken to, to, to Keith about this, but he, at the moment, his Twitter name is like, it's like <clears throat> Patient Lee. And he's, he's kind of sort of been doing, and it feels like that's almost, it's him telling himself, I've just got to be patient. I've just got to bide my time in yes. NXT. Eventually, come WrestleMania next year, we're going to get the superstar shakeup, which means NXT call-ups. That'll mean that some of these guys that are currently you know, taking up some of these main event storylines mm. or upper mid-card storylines will ascend up to the main roster. That opens up some spaces for you guys like Lee and Riddle and yeah. Kona Reeves, etc. But to your point, I think a better use of that is rather than just wait until that, those spots are available mm. and then just fill them in with these guys, is trying to make these guys feel like big deals now so that when they eventually fill those spots, you're already massively invested into what they can do in those views. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the clear out of NXT is going to be, I think, startling this year. Because, uh, mm. you know, the last few years, it's obviously been a fair few people. But the crop currently is going to be like 10. I, I imagine like 10 or so. I mean, it maybe, could be. Could be like, it could be quite a lot. You've got the other. The entire Undisputed Era. So that's four, that's guys, four guys already. already yeah. Alistair Black. Yep. Uh, Gargano and Champa. If probably they, it could be because their storyline could finish around WrestleMania time. even if it's just yeah. one of them yeah. that's still one more name well it's going to be yeah it could be either or so it yeah. could be maybe you know if, we, if this story does end in Gargano finally winning the championship Champa's gone yeah you know so that's just that that's just that side of things Baszler yeah Baszler probably well, that's Kyrie Sane well, you say probably ba- you say like, Baszler but if they're doing this four horsewomen storyline there's three yeah exactly Like, so it really could be a big list of names that, that go up mm. either before or around Wrestlemania time maybe yep. even like around the Rumble mm. so it is going to be very interesting to see where these these guys and girls sort of end up on this this card and um, I mean, we'll talk about the the women's stuff later on. But like you talked about, like the Candice and Nikki Cross stuff. Like, yeah, that that was a cool match, but it doesn't really feel like it's leading anywhere. No, because now the women's championship is tied up in this six woman storyline between the Horsewomen and Dakota Kai and friends. Yeah, or Kyrie Sane and friends, whichever way you want to put it. It's probably Kyrie Sane and friends rather than Dakota. Really, Kai probably is. Yeah, I mean, it might just be because I love Dakota Kai. And I just <laughs> want to put her front and center. Yeah. She's the star. It's Dakota. <laughs> She's the guy. Come on now. Stereophonics uh, had it right. <laughs> Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we get into the main review, we've got to give a shout out to some of our $25 and above pledge hammers. Thank you so much for being so wickedly awesome. And again, thank you for your suggestions for Fantasy Booking Warfare, where I go head-to-head with this guy over here for Fantasy Booking Warfare Brand Supremacy. It's the one night of the year when <laughs> Ollie and I go head-to-head. We do one, month, one day of the month where we do go head-to-head. So, big shout-out to I Want to Be Like You, Chris Louie. Yes, Chris. Lovely well done, stuff. Chris. Good stuff, Chris. Excellent name. Thank you to Christopher the Condor Johnson. Come on, Chris. Let's have a drink, Christopher Travis Merriman. Hey! Not Chris's so far. <laughs> it's in our best order. I'm actually going down to the, you know the pub that's just by our office, the mm. beers, beer merchant tap or something yes. like that? I'm actually going there tonight. So I'm excited to see what it's like. I mean, I've heard that their cheese toasties aren't all that great, according to Wally Davis, but... How dare they? <laughs> Uh, well, thank you very much to Courtney Villainess Havoc Summer. Yes, Courtney, one of our longest, longest reigning pledge hammers. Rob Pontin Problems. Pontin, very, very vocal in the community section. Love your stuff, Rob. Why is there an ellipsis at the beginning of this? Because it's dot, dot, dive. Oh, dot, dot, dive. Dylan Kashita. Yes, dot, 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 dive, Dylan Kashita. They drew first blood, not me. Grace Rambo. It's a Rambo quote. It's, it's old school. Steep climb, James McMahill. Yeah, I always thought it was James McMahill, but McMahill, McMahill, McMahill. Depends what? where you're from. Hey, what up, James? <laughs> you sold out, Jay Sellers. No, you didn't. You bought in. And Jonathan, the headmaster headman. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you to you. all of you. We'll have more of these twenty-five dollar pledge hammer shoutouts this coming Saturday on the magazine Wrestle Ramble. <laughs> So speaking of that women's match that we were sort of alluding to earlier, Shayna Baszler obviously defeated Kairi Sane in the two out of three falls at TakeOver War Games. We get a video recap of, of that match. And then Baszler cuts a promo backstage with the angel Kathy Kelly. And she's got like her, not Kathy Kelly, but Shayna Baszler's got her pro, her cronies behind her. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like Kathy's sort of asking about Kairi Sane, but really Baszler wants her to talk about the fact that she's a two-time women's mm. uh, NXT Women's Champion now. And she's so confident. She didn't say no one can stop me. She said, I'm so confident no one can stop us. Yeah, but it was really interesting because nice. she was for a moment slightly annoyed when Kathy Kelly said, obviously you managed to win with a bit of help from your friends. And she looked like a little bit aggrieved by that yeah, for a yeah. second. And then she was like, no, this is not what we should be talking about. We should be talking about the fact that I'm the first ever two times women champion. They went on to all that. So it's, it's interesting that she's like still maintaining that she is the yeah. best while also now being like part of this little stable. And I think it really helps. Like, uh, I mean, we 
Ollie pointed this out on the takeover show mm. when when they're walking up the ramp and bearing in mind like it was all Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke <coughs> interference Marina Shafir puts her arm around and it was like that was all you like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like all of that stuff then plays further into this Baszler character of just like I'm not cheating yeah I'm, I'm just I'm winning yeah I've these people want to do this because I'm so good <laughs> Uh, we then got a, another recap of uh, Ono interrupting Matt Riddle on the kickoff show, and then they showed, yes, the entire Matt Riddle Cassius Ono match. So we may as well talk about that here. What did you think of the Matt Riddle Cassius Ono match from Takeover? I mean, it was it was good. It was a good introduction to I think Matt Riddle on, on a grand stage. It, it, it put him over really well, and I think that was the that was the nice thing about it. Like I, I didn't, I'm not sold entirely on Matt Riddle's promo stuff yet. And like uh, seeing him on the the pre-show that they sh- obviously showed all that stuff on on this show as well. Like he's still a little bit like feels a little bit sloppy about it. But mm. as he came out and did his little promo, he he seemed like a star. Like that that knee and then the pin and then yeah. like him running around the ring, giving it all that. Like it. Yeah. He yeah he's got it doesn't he? But. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I've, it's amazing actually because I think this is really a lot of people's first exposure to mm. to Matt Riddle. Uh, and I've seen that because people have written about it in our, on our Patreon community. People have been, uh, been posting about it on our Discord channel as well. I've had emails and tweets from people saying, like, yeah, I don't get Matt Riddle. I, mm. I'm, and I'm not really warming to him. In fact, actually, I've got a, this is going to be on our Saturday Wrestle Ramble in the mailbag. <clears> Someone <throat> left a comment. Let's see if I can find it here. Googling things, sort of Googling things live on air. Um, Googling live on air. Googling live on air. Googling live on air. Ah, yes, from Dalton Sizemore saying, I honestly hope that Matt Riddle blows me away with his wrestling because I find the character of Riddle extremely annoying. Mm. And I think I totally get that because, like, James Delo on Gorilla Position, he brought this up on their podcast as well, being like, he is a character that works in NXT because NXT is quite is a cool brand. Mm. But as soon as it goes up to the main roster, I can see the mainstream audience turning against it. Yes. Well, I think the, the, the cool thing with his the cool thing with his character, and I think the thing that will make it work, is the idea of him being the kind of uh, surf bro stoner type vibe character. Yeah. But play up like a heel kind of thing, like he's lazy, he's sloppy, blah 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 blah. But then when he gets in the ring, he mauls people. Yeah, totally. Um, I think you can you can play with the complete juxtaposition of those two things that he seems like a slacker, and he obviously blooming well isn't. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, he is not. But he could really like amp up the broness of being the king of bros to an obnoxious degree yeah because it, it does feel like a heel character right yeah, like the yeah. king of bros and be like bro you know that that's yeah, yeah. dude the, well the they're trying to play him off thing. as cool now yeah. when, and i think you could you could do it as a sort of throwback obnoxious kind of like all the villains in any 80s film yeah <laughs> or anything like yeah ecw rob van Dam. Of just like mm. like the the character that Rob Van Dam was in ECW is so different to what he was in WWE, mm. where he was just like, yeah, cool dude, whatever. Like that was the character he mm. was there. But if you gave Mid- Riddle like the the sort of Rob Van Dam esque stuff, where he was just like, I am the pay per view, I am the main event. You have to put me on the pay per view mm. if you want if you want to sell buys. Like if you want people to buy the WWE Network, you need to have the King of Bros on your pay per view shows. Like I think that could really work for Matt. What mm. I really like about Matt Riddle, and one of the reasons I'm such a fan of his. A, his in-ring work is incredible. He mm. is like top five wrestlers in the entire world. He's so, so good. And there's no pretension about him. He is not playing a character. No, this, this is Matt Riddle. This <laughs> is what Matt Riddle is like. Like, you go for a drink with Matt. This is literally what he is like. Yeah. There is no, there's no difference to him outside of the ring 
on what he is on TV. It's he's a real. I think he's an absolute star. Like mm. he's and he carries. And maybe it's because I liked Michelangelo in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> like, maybe that's why I like him so much because he literally is. He needs some nunchucks. That's <laughs> what he needs. He's a living embodiment of Michelangelo he is. from the Cowabunga, teen- dude. Cowabunga, dude. Cowabunga, bro. Maybe. Um, and we uh, later on that night. This was weird. Have you seen this interviewer before? Yes. So she's the, the Renee Young clone, is she not? Yes, she is. Yes. Because, I, I mean, my note here is, like, later that night, some interviewer with actual charisma came up to yeah. Matt Riddle. Like, she she didn't feel like, my guest at this time, generic question. Yeah, she yeah. actually, like, was yeah. interacting yeah, with Yeah, she's the doppelganger. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Anyway, like, Matt Riddle, uh, he said it was the, the... They announced it was the quickest unscheduled match in NXT history, which... It's not quite the greatest accolade. Like, you're not going to put that on a trophy, are you? I um, enjoy, but I enjoyed the idea that this was, like, a silly bit of banter that they were just having. Absolutely, like, yeah. It was really fun. And, I, yeah, I thought, like, her playing along, like, court saying, like, hey, bro, and, like, you know, all yeah. the sort of, like, little nods and winks and stuff. It was, yeah, it was really good. She's she's great. Yeah. Like, if, she could, if she's allowed to stay like this, she and Kathy <coughs> Kelly could be, like, a power couple of interviewers mm. uh, on the NXT brand. But Matt Riddle said he was very happy with his takeover debut. <laughs> <laughs> Turn this up. More of that. <laughs> More of that. We then got uh, our last Sullivan squash match against I've written Keita Murray. Yeah, Keita Murray I put, but I don't. I, I Ke- wasn't, sure. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure, and I haven't Googled yet, so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it was a lad. Uh, he didn't get an entrance. And I, I, mean, I, I think my takeaway from this, really, is that it seems like that last Sullivan, there was a report that those last Sullivan promos that were playing were actually meant to be played around TLC. Uh. And they were meant to be building up a last Sullivan thing for like, <coughs> he'll debut towards the end of the year or like in January come the new year. But Vince saw the promos and loved them and thought they were so good. He wanted to start airing them as soon as possible. Uh. And I think that's almost quite evident here. Is this going to be an Emelina thing, right? Well, it never yeah. happens. That's what me and Ollie said in the SmackDown yeah. review. But like, I think that's sorry if you can hear drilling. They've just started doing some work <laughs> upstairs. So I think that's almost quite clear here because last like they didn't mention Lars Sullivan's call up to the main roster mm-hmm. in the commentary. And this. They didn't even re-record the commentary. And after he wins this this match, which he won very quickly, he starts kind of promo about wanting to win the NXT Championship. Yeah. And I'm like, in this kayfabe world yeah. where. It's TakeOver, Survivor Series, Raw, SmackDown, then this show. That's the kayfabe term, like, timeline of events. Lance Sullivan knows he's being called up to the main roster, so why is he sitting there going, like, I'll have that NXT Championship match now, if you don't mind? Yeah. Uh, Lars, you've actually booked tickets to go to Raw? I'm oh, really sorry. You're a bit like, busy, uh, mate, I'm afraid. You're getting on a Greyhound right now. Yeah, you're a bit off busy, you, I'm off, afraid. You off your pop. Yeah, go and pack your bags. <laughs> pack your little tiny trunks with your rubbish yeah. name on the back. Go oh, on. I look like he'd sewn it himself. <laughs> or his uh, Mama Lars had done it. Mama Sullivan had uh, got the needle out and been oh, like Lars they, that, promise she was meant to do it on the inside so if you lost them yeah. you could find you could give them back Ollie and I uh, have been watching NXT TakeOver Toronto for mm. Wrestle Ramble Extra it's a nice plug for our Patreon page um, it should be out this Friday and Ollie got really like nostalgic love for Bobby Roode's old glorious entrance when like he would turn around and it would it would be like the word art Roode mm. and it, was, it just looked rubbish yes. like so low rent like someone had knocked it up two minutes before it had to go up onto the screen. It was like, oh, we hasn't got anything. Rude. There it is. After Effects. I don't have time. Just put it up. And Lars's gear is, is essentially the word at Bobby Roode. <laughs> yeah. It'll get changed when he goes up to the main roster. Vince is going to see them go like, 
Those pants are rubbish. We're going to buy him the most expensive <laughs> red trunks that you could ever get. Yeah, just have red trunks, Lars. Like, you don't need... We know who you are. You're massive. <laughs> um, but he's... So he wants this NXT Championship match, and he's to make his point, he's going to beat up Murray some more, and then Keith Lee runs down to make the saves and gives Lars the pounce, and they announce that it's going to be Godzilla versus King Kong next week when these two go head-to-head in direct competition, which would have been taped at the San Jose shows, mm-hmm. uh, which were recorded a couple of days before takeover and i'm sure that would be a really fun match i'm hoping that it's lee that comes out on top i haven't read the results don't don't spoil them in the comments please be kind um so i I'd, i'd like to think that if lars is going up and they sort of knew he was going up then they would book Lee to go over. But mm. if, if Sullivan wins next week, then... He's man, getting an NXT title shot. Well, yeah, and that and this, it just means that this really was a last-minute decision to, yeah. to have Lars go up. But it also means that then, like, how many people are in this title picture now? Like, it's uh, Black and Champer and Gargano and Dream and now also Sullivan. So yeah. is there going to be a five-man match somewhere? Like, but, if, or? but if Keith wins, does that put him into that contention yes. as well? well? That's the thing. is, that I think that would, that would be why Keith winning would make more sense because it doesn't immediately go, oh, your championship material. It's just like, isn't that an amazing accolade for Keith Lee to go, well, I, I felled the mountain. Yes. You know, like. Yeah, that big man, Castle Mountain. Um, we've got a recap of Gargano and Black, and then backstage we see uh, Black running into Candice LeRae, who does not look happy. Then we've got a recap of Dream vs. Champa. Then we've got a recap of War Games. All of those were good. All of those <laughs> were great. Wonderful things. Excellent. Seek them out on the WWE Network if you can. <laughs> and then finally, we got our main event of uh, NXT's Twisted Sister, <coughs> Nikki Cross versus Candice LeRae. The SoCal Sweetheart. With her brand new music. Tenacious C. She's all like... I, and that was sort of the story they were telling on here in, during this match, which I, which I thought was quite nice, that Candice is also sort of going heel as well. She's showing this mm. more sort of like aggressive, un, not, a slight, not so much unhinged nature, but certainly a more aggressive nature than what we've seen with her with like the, hey, I'm Candice LeRae, look how fun I am. This, was <laughs> more, this is more like, I'm wearing dark eyeshadow now, so I'm yeah, going to yeah. kick it. I'm moody. It was like, it's the transition from uh, Eleven in Str- Stranger One Season 1 yeah. to... 11 in Stranger Things season 2 where she goes away for a bit oh, she goes yeah. away for that episode and she comes back she's got dyed black hair yeah. and all that sort of stuff This is, yeah, and I thought this was this was an interesting way of telling it as well because obviously like uh, Candice and Nikki have various issues but she doesn't come out like a you know like a house on fire she, she comes out fairly normal apart from the new music fairly normal Candice like she's wearing quite bubblegummy gear like she's, she's looking, got sweets and a titan yeah, she's looking quite happy like she's all fine and then yeah she suddenly there's a point in the match where she turns yes. and she just goes alright I've had enough now and she starts she puts the she locks on the Gargano escape uh, Nikki makes the ropes but she holds on for the, basically the full five count like yeah. there, there's a few different bits of just outright viciousness yeah, where she just she, turns it up exactly she's doing like the surfboard stomp and things mm. like that some really really good stuff from, from Candice in this and um, in fact actually there was an awesome spot where uh, Nikki was on the second rope and she does this like a German suplex off the second rope and it, it looked really yeah, cool so she was going for the corner Nikki had got onto the, the turnbuckle and she yeah. was going for the corner powerbomb wasn't she yeah, and yeah. then she's, uh, Nikki fought back she slipped out ran away yeah immediately turned around just ran up and just avalanche German suplexed her off it was amazing so so cool what a spot I mean the step up sent on thing she did was she's got some like I haven't really seen much of Candice doing this kind of thing on NXT before like it's her matches have been kind of like rote I would say she's been in that Keith Lee role like she came in she's like you have 
four minute matches now or mm. you're losing to God, what's her name the the punching one um Lacey. Lacey Evans, thank the pun- you. The punching, the punching woman. <laughs> the punching woman. Who the punchy lady? <laughs> the punchy lady. Uh, and even, like, they put Candace over strong in this. She kicks out of the purge, which is mm. um, Nikki Cross's, like, uh, fisherman's neckbreaker. She's the first person ever to kick out of it. That's it. And they, they put that over really strong on commentary. So I thought that was a really nice mm. touch for, for Candace. So it'll be interesting to see where Candace comes out of this, considering that she lost. Um, yeah, I didn't. I don't get that. But, I really don't understand that. But Nikki had to like put her away with a with a top rope purge in order to actually get mm. the victory. So like maybe you could put over the idea of well, she won, but she had to do like a super duper finishing move to, to finish her super off. Super special one. Super special one. But yeah, it is. It's strange that Candice won here, and it also seems that Nikki is not going up to the main roster. Like I know a lot mm. of people really thought that. Like, you read the comments on our predictions. Everyone was convinced it was going to be Nikki Cross in the SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, because she had that one match in the UK shows, in the U- on the yeah. UK shows, and that's what it was there for. But everyone had convinced themselves it was going to be a Nikki call up. But I don't think it's happening anytime soon. No, which is weird because the reason why Nikki was kept in NXT is because they felt that with them losing so many of their talent, because they called up the Riot Squad and they called up Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, mm. they were like, "Uh oh." We haven't got a lot of ladies left. The now. women's division had been gutted. It had been yeah. completely gutted. So we're like, so we need to keep Nikki around. So we've got a name value. Mm. We've got name value in there. But now they don't need her. If no. anything, it almost feels like she's just she's like she's wasting time there. Yeah. Because they've got so many other people they're pushing in there. Punchy lady Bianca Belair, <laughs> um, Dakota Kai, Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane. There's like this massive long list of names. And Nikki, if she's not winning the title then all she's doing is just having matches. Yeah. And she's beating people that should be getting a bit of a push now. Yeah. Like, you know, there was no... I don't, I don't think Candice needs to have the exact same arc as Johnny. You know what I mean? This yeah. is what I'm... I feel like she's obviously... She's not had as much storytelling to lead to her slightly darker turn, but she's just... Maybe she's just sort of got like an osmosis thing from sleeping in the same bed as him. She's just sort of absorbed some of the bad energy. That's what that's going to lead to the Renee Young heel turn yeah. as well. On the yeah. Main roster. yeah, absolutely. But then, yeah, so I guess like... Um, it would be. It would have made more sense for me, I think, for Candice to pick up the win here because I just, I just can't see where Nikki goes from here. Like, no. I don't. I don't think she's going to go unless they're going to put her into a placeholder program with Baszler for the purposes of just keeping things ticking over. But we've but already done that. Yeah, exactly. And we I did that earlier this year. Exactly, and that's what I mean. It's just. It feels like there's only there is only rehashes ahead with Nikki Cross. Yeah. And whereas Candice has much more opportunity to have matches with many people that she hasn't had matches with before and actually build towards a title run at some point, probably. Totally. If I'm looking at this NXT roster at the moment, I'm not looking to call up Lars Sullivan. I'm mm. looking to call up Nikki Cross and, yes, and try yeah. and bolster up, particularly bolster up that SmackDown women's division, mm. which has spent so much time building the whole thing around Becky and Charlotte that everyone else has just fallen by the wayside. Like, mm. Iconics are, are so flat. Mandy Rose is flat. Sonya Deville is flat. Asuka annoyingly is so ridiculously mm. flat. Naomi's been flattened out. Lana. So Lana and Carmella, like they've all been completely flattened out. But if you got called up Nikki Cross and then you turn that into like a three-way feud between Becky, Charlotte, and Nikki. So you've got this like tension between Becky mm. and Charlotte based on their history. But then you've got this crazy addition into there as well. Mm. Like that's that's something more interesting for Nikki than at the moment, as you say, treading water yeah in well, NXT. Nikki, and Nikki's got such an interesting character totally. for like a, for a female star it's like her she does deranged better than pretty much anyone I've seen doing it like she actually does it almost 
like obviously sometimes it's a bit far she pushes it quite far but like she gets away with it mostly like she she does come across as genuinely a bit unhinged and that would be such a good addition to the smackdown women's roster where 90 percent of people dance and that is their thing yeah so you know it's a very dance heavy show <laughs> also and you know I, I i hate to try get more people over because that's not the wwe mm. mentality at the moment it might really help sanity it might give them that little restart that they've really needed oh, since man. they're absolutely pointless main roster call-up since wrestlemania so that was nxt this week it was a show of recap packages um and next week feels something of the same but i am looking forward to keith lee versus lars sullivan because as we kind of sort of talked about in the opening of this show it will be like the first real test fit for keith on the main mm. roster like because this is this is keith going up against a guy that has some real big name recognition in nxt he's a guy that had an nxt championship match earlier this year i want to say it might have been late last year but he's had an nxt championship match he's been in the main event mix so for keith to be able to go up against him that could be like a real big first mm. step for for mr lee on the main roster what did you think of the show it was okay it was it was very serviceable uh and i i think it's a crying shame that they didn't obviously have time or the means or whatever to have a few more matches squeezed out of the the, the pre-taping at takeover which is a shame however it was fine like it was fine it was fine it was absolutely fine got this email here from connor curran uh luke first off it was a pleasure meeting you all on tuesday and i very much enjoyed my evening talking about the prince charles live show we did so thank you i, I that do, i do hope you do more of these in the future maybe even showing old pay-per-views think of, think of a uh, live wrestler long extra it's you know it's certainly we've been we've been talking about it i've just caught up on smackdown and it sparked an idea for a new segment for your ramble show i present the wrestle conspiracy theory club or tinfoil hat society the premise is slightly straightforward you present your wrestling conspiracy or read one suggested by the swap nation and then you can either do a head-to-head -head and have votes or just present them to get everyone's thoughts see if you can convert people to your theory i'll start you off with a theory about the ronda rouser becky lynch survivor series match or lack thereof i present the theory that wwe purposely told Nia Jax to potato Becky Lynch and then the medical staff have claimed she isn't cleared for competition and have Charlotte take her place. Think about it. Charlotte versus Ronda is what they were building towards, but due to Becky's popularity, they had to give her the title. Now they don't want her to tap out Ronda as that will make her look weak and they're not going to let, let Ronda first loss be to Becky Lynch, a Smackdown wrestler who, let's be honest, they don't really like due to popularity. Uh, thus, they told Nia to really punch her in the face and then claim she was unable to compete and have Charlotte take her place, which is the match they actually wanted, and it protects Becky. Sorry for the long email, just wanted to share. Even if it's not the start of the new segment, I'm sure you'll get a kick out of it. Regards, Connor Curran. So, I mean, do you buy into the conspiracy theory that Nia purposefully punched... Now, I don't put it past the management asking for it necessarily, I, but I would say that I doubt Nia would do it. Mm. who seems like a very nice person. She does seem lovely. Yeah, yeah. she seems she seems like and I, I just think that it, that's a, it's such an old school WWE idea to you know screw someone mm. in that way, you know. They obviously it has happened in the past very famously in Montreal. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think yeah, I think we're beyond that stage now and I think they're much more brazen about, you know, if they if they're just going to swerve and say let's do something, they'll just do it. 
And yeah, maybe the Becky thing, you know, it's obviously not. She has broken her face. But she just? you could have, you could easily, you could also have done that. We could have done that as a storyline, mm. realistically, and we could be hamming it up. Like, you know, they, they, obviously when she went on SmackDown, she was wearing makeup, but they had done her bruise maybe like a little, they'd had given some color to that to make it particularly sort of stand out, I feel. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're, they're leaning into it. Certainly. And I don't think it's a conspiracy, though. I don't buy into that conspiracy theory either. No. I, I, I I'm not going to go as far as to call it poppycock. Mm. Um, but I just think, I mean, I've, I've said my piece on this in the, I think it was the Smackdown review, where we just decided to finally lay it to, to bed. I just think she got caught up in the heat of the moment, just as Becky got caught up in the heat of the moment when she stiffed Nia first. Yes. And essentially Nia just turned around. They didn't respond in kind, but just got caught in the heat of the moment. And clocked her in the face. Well, this is the thing: is that you know, if, if Becky's accidentally stiffed her in the first place, someone's out of position, doing like someone's too close or throwing too like throwing too wildly. So it's quite easy for the other person to turn around, mm. and the same thing happened because you're probably both not thinking, "Oh, I need to block this, or need to step back, or need to not be in the way, or I need to throw it off to one side, or whatever whatever it is you need to do to throw a wrestling punch." They probably just weren't doing that. I do think with this injury thing. Despite the fact that obviously we we got Ronda and Charlotte and that was obviously an incredible match, mm-hmm. it's played very well into the Becky Becky and Ronda thing actually. And there's a video I've done for the weekend that goes into a bit more detail about this sort of thing. But yeah, it, I think in the long run this is better for Becky. It's actually only ever made people want to see that match more. Yeah, it's incredible. Isn't and it? all the talk about the WrestleMania thing has come out since then, and the, that being that potentially being the main event and all that kind of stuff. And obviously the Charlotte thing made people think well maybe they'll just do that again but I think the Becky Ronda thing is going to be special when they do finally meet in the ring and yeah I feel like they're just gonna work to that for whenever that is ready yeah I completely agree and it's it's kind of incredible how yeah this match that we already wanted to see we now want to see even more yeah like I think that, that, that is really really awesome and some of the sh- and some of the shine on some of the shine on the Charlotte and Ronda match was because of Becky yeah, you know what was, I mean it yeah. wasn't like yeah, I'm not. I'm not putting it. I'm not saying that Ronda and Charlotte didn't wear their asses off in the ring, you know, to to make that an amazing spectacle. But the reason the crowd was so hot was because of Becky's build towards yeah, this really. thing. Becky did a lot of the work, and unfortunately couldn't make the match. And everyone else got to everyone got to benefit from it. So yeah, I'd also recommend and recommend might be a strong word, but um, Raven, best wrestler of all time, uh, his podcast, his latest episode, they talk about this Becky Lynch situation. Such a Raven Maven, and it's it's hysterical because Raven doesn't watch the current product, and his co-host also doesn't watch the current product, but feels like it's something they need to talk about. <laughs> so the guy who was talking about, like his co-host sort of knows the situation he knows the names they keep calling her Nia Jax it's like, and then at one point he goes like actually I think it's Nia but I'm not sure and he's like and he asks her have you seen the punch he's like no I've not seen it I think I've heard about it but I've not seen it so then you have this section where he's trying to send him a video on Twitter and he DMs it to Raven and Raven's like what's a DM why didn't you just text it to me what is research and he's like he's like well I mean DM's sort of like a text it's the one with the little inbox he's like oh yeah no I see it now you've shared a video with me and from what I can gather it's a terrible video because and Raven doesn't follow what's going because he thinks A Becky was the one that threw the punch and B, he thinks Becky is blonde. <laughs> so he's wondering, he goes, I've no idea who anyone is. I don't. And then at the end, he goes like, I don't know. 
maybe it was maybe it was fine. I think Raven had one too many hardcore matches. <laughs> God bless him. I think he's debuting on Impact. Well, no, debuting. I think he returns to Impact Wrestling tonight. Whoa! In the corner of Tommy Dreamer. I think he. I think it's on tonight's show. It might be on next week's show. If it's tonight's show, you probably already know what the Impact Slam of the week is going to be on the Mecca News tomorrow. Uh, before we get out of here, let's have a quick joke. This comes in from Dylan Reeve. Why was the washing machine laughing? Because it took the piss out of the knickers. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I like talk- that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a pleasure doing this podcast for you. Uh, Ollie and I will be back on Saturday with the magazine show, and then we'll be back on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday next week with your usual review nonsense. I've been Luke Owen. This has been our fake or Laurie Blake. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.